T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. And good morning, baseball fans, and welcome in. This is Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, a glorious edition of Inside the Clubhouse as we have actual regular season baseball and uh, a win on the north side, a loss on the south side. Uh, But here we are to talk about it. Good morning to my friend Bruce Levine. How are you, sir? Good morning, Mike Esposito. It is a glorious day uh, for more than... One reason, yes, the White Sox fans are feeling the blues from losing their first game. Cub fans are riding the high from the uh, great outing by Hendricks yesterday. But baseball is back. Only 59 days left. 59 games left. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's almost uh, time for the pennant race uh, here uh, in the baseball season. But it's so great to be able to talk about baseball actually happening again. Uh, none of us really thought we'd actually get here. You know, it was just such a, uh, a tough time during this pandemic and the reality of uh, the situation still going on in this country. So my, my head is off initially, Mike, uh, to Major League Baseball, uh, the Chicago Cubs organization, the Chicago White Sox organization, for uh, giving us a safe environment. Uh, the, baseball back in uh, a healthy way for the players and for all the personnel and a lot of hard work done uh, in particular uh, to keep us and the media uh, healthy over these last three weeks by the Chicago uh, Cubs and White Sox their security, their media relations department, uh, the executives there so uh, tip of the hat to them as we move on into the baseball season and yesterday it was uh, you know a a great situation to watch baseball live again, Mike. Uh, yep. But uh, not exactly how they wanted it to work out on the south side compared to the north. Certainly, uh, certainly not. And uh, Bruce Levine live at Wrigley Field. Uh, he will be settling in for Brewers Cubs game two of the series, which we will have right here on the score after this show, 11:05 for Zach's pregame. Sox taking on the Twins. Uh, but Bruce, you mentioned it. Let's. Let's start with Kyle Hendricks. He, he dealt yesterday uh, one of the best outings of his career, certainly the uh, NLCS clincher in 2016. Uh, he had an 83-pitch shutout, I want to say, against St. Louis last year. 
Um, and, and then yesterday, 103 pitches, no walks, nine strikeouts, only three hits, a complete game shutout uh, for Kyle Hendricks, who said this one ranked up there, Bruce, with his best career starts. Yes, it did. Uh, and, you know, when you look at it, he almost had a Maddox. So what is a Maddox? Max, Maddox is an actual stat now. Um, during Greg Maddox's career, he had 13 games where he pitched a shutout, nine innings shutout or more, and a lot and had less than 100 pitches. Hendricks was in that realm going mm-hmm. toward the into the ninth inning, and then went 14 pitches, went to 103, and therefore did not have a Maddox. But everything was perfect about this game, except for the three singles he gave up. To Arcia, uh, the, the Brewers shortstop, sure. three base hits. That was it. Um, that's that's all she wrote. So uh, let, let's uh, let's move on to, to uh, uh, Cubs and Sox, their first game, and uh, let's let's hear from uh, Kyle Hendricks. I mean, that one's definitely up there for a lot of different reasons. Just we love playing baseball so much, you know, and it's been a while. So just being back out there with the guys, it was so much fun uh, playing for something. You definitely felt the energy in the dugout was way different for us. And then with Rossi, I mean, that was huge. Just, you know, being able to come out there and having the what, you know, what you know to leave me in. uh, It's not easy for that first one. So it was just it was just so much fun to be back out there with the guys. So that was Kyle uh, after talking about his start, Bruce, and he mentions uh, David Ross, uh, the first uh, managerial mound visit uh, of his career for David Ross. And uh, he, he did say, Ross, he did, that uh, this uh, was a little longer than he wanted to leave Kyle in, but he was uh, he gave him a chance. He gave his starting pitcher a chance. It's something you thought you might have uh, gotten from a David Ross uh, as a manager, and, and this is uh, what uh, Hendricks had to say about that mound visit. Honestly, I wasn't thinking either way. It was it was his first one, you know, so I didn't know what to expect. You know, we didn't know what we were going to get, but I know how much trust he's put in me already, and, and that meant so much to me just to come out there, not even question it at all, just say, hey, I'm giving you a blow here. Uh, you got this last guy. Go get him and finish it. And that was it. It just gave me all the confidence in the world. Yeah, and finish it he did, uh, Bruce. Uh, Kyle really was on his game yesterday. Uh, Rossi really, you know, listen, First managerial win for David Ross, uh, first of, of hopefully many. Uh, but he didn't really have to do much uh, yesterday. His his opening day starter decision kind of solved everything for him, didn't it? He really uh, really didn't, and he talked about that in the postgame too, you know, the idea that uh, the players were already teasing him about going out there to talk to Hendricks, letting him know it was his last man, whether he got him or not, uh, because he was already at 103 pitches. So... Um, the players were razzing him, saying, oh, he just wanted to get out there to, to show himself off in the first uh, game that he managed. Mm-hmm. Because it was it was a pretty easy game to manage for him when you have a guy throwing a three-hitter uh, and opening day, you know, with 104 pitches. So it, it, was, a, it was a great uh, game for the Cubs. Uh, the, uh, the, the sounds of the ballpark were interesting. The lack of the fans mm-hmm. was uh, stunning. But... Uh, Mike, I, I want to know from your perspective, when you watch both the Cubs and the White Sox opening day on TV, did the product look different to you? Because I only have a uh, perspective of being in the ballparks watching these games mm-hmm. and not the how it is playing out on television. Yeah, you know what, Bruce? I was actually pleasantly surprised. I don't want to say it was the same because it wasn't, 
Um, but I, you know, having consumed some of the the preseason, the exhibition stuff, uh, by last night I was ready to roll. You know, 6:05 first pitch, uh, I, I was I was locked in, and um, the the fact of the matter is, right? It's still Major League Baseball. It's still your teams playing, uh, Cubs, White Sox, whoever it is. It's still your teams playing. Once you get past mentally the, the fact that there's no crowd noise, it really doesn't even bother me. And I'll tell you one other thing, too. Having listened to some of the exhibitions right here on the score in the car while driving, with the background noise uh, mix, uh, and I certainly don't uh, know how the sound engineers do it, but Pat and Ron sound almost 100% normal on the score doing Cubs baseball as they would during a regular season. Of course, the crowd noise is a little different. But with the mixes that they're doing in order to make it sound normal for the listeners, I think, listen, after all we've been through uh, in the United States this year and certainly around the world, but as as baseball fans, I think uh, it's great. I mean, it, maybe it's a little bit of my excitement for just the fact that baseball is back, but I, I didn't really care that the, the crowd wasn't there. I was able to just enjoy the baseball. So in the ballpark experience for us in the press box, and there was about – 17 to 20 of us at Wrigley, uh, the same amount over at uh, guaranteed rate. So we're the only other ones in the ballpark. There's no security people, obviously, no uh, nobody uh, in the in the stands at all, uh, mm-hmm. except uh, John Lester and Tyler Chadwick sitting there. For <laughs> I saw minutes. that. Yep. Um, but um, that is uh, really interesting to uh, listen to and the fact that we can hear everything in the dugout even though we're you know 250 feet away and up uh, we could hear all both sides cheering each other when things were, were going wrong or right uh, from the very beginning and Chris Bryant's first at bat and he took he saw 10 pitches mm-hmm. from Woodruff uh, yesterday in his first at bat uh, the, the Cub dugout was you could hear them hooping it up and cheering on the fact that he was having a really good at bat and that the, the rest of the lineup was getting to see pitches uh, that Woodruff had, even though his stuff is really awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy throws 98 consistently uh, deep into ball games and has a great breaking ball. But nonetheless, um, you can hear the sounds of the dugout, something you can't normally hear unless they're mic'd up. No, exactly. And and you mentioned the, the cheers coming from there. And Bryant was one of the names I mentioned because even though, you know, the box score shows an 0 for 4, so if you didn't watch the game, you don't necessarily get the uh, importance of some of his at-bats. As you mentioned, he saw a ton of pitches. And in a 28 uh, 28 pitches, that's an unbelievable total. And in a low-scoring game like that, you had the the two home runs, the two-runner by Hap and uh, the solo shot by Riz. I mean, that is... That is a huge importance, especially in the nine pitch at bat to start the game. You really it gives your guys a leg up uh, seeing the starting pitch with the other team uh, go deep in the in that first at bat. Yeah, let's move over to the South Side where the results aren't sure. exactly what uh, the South Siders wanted or Sox fans wanted. As uh, Lucas Giolito faced, faced uh, Jose Barrios and uh, of the Twins, who's their ace, and and neither starting pitcher pitched. Uh, very well. Uh, no, you know, uh, you know, we talked about uh, first and foremost Giolito uh, giving up five runs uh, in that uh, first, or four runs in the first, and then Kepler hit him out twice, once in the first, once in the second inning. Uh, yep. So, uh, from that perspective, uh, not a great start for Lucas Giolito. Take us through it, Mike. Mike. 
Yeah, nope. Giolito struggled, uh, and you mentioned Kepler with two home runs, but Giolito, uh, as he commented after the game, uh, and, and he's been uh, saying this all offseason, right? He's felt great. He's feeling uh, like he has uh, uh, good command of his pitches, but he said last night what was really lacking was that command. Stuff felt really good. I mean, velocity and everything was a couple ticks higher than I, I've seen uh, throughout this season, I guess you could say, or, or lack thereof. So the ball was definitely coming out, but going way too quick. Pretty much the story of the night was no fastball command. And so I got hurt. Yeah, so Giolito lasts only three and two-thirds. Bruce, he gives up seven earned, although some of that uh, you could argue should uh, possibly be not uh, – earned with uh, some of the defensive plays and we'll talk yeah, about yeah, the lack of a double play that should have been yep. made yeah um, you know there's uh, there's going to be some issues maybe even though uh, you know you, you have a brand new catcher who's very good at what he does uh, but uh, there's going to be some issues on some pass balls and balls getting away mm-hmm. and defense is going to be king for both the Cubs and White Sox every major league team in this shortened season because uh, people are going to be concentrating like on all 60 games like they would the last 20 or 25 games of a regular season and their teams being in a pennant race. So we have a pennant race that starts with 60 games, and the concentration level of fan bases are going to be much more intense. Right, and you mentioned it, right, uh, jokingly as we started the show. You know, this is a uh, welcome to opening day show, and uh, it's also a welcome to the pennant race show because – you know, right about now in a normal season, we're talking about the trade deadline and this, the push for a playoffs, and, and here we are just getting started uh, here in 2020. But uh, uh, not a great start for Giolito. He mentioned no fastball command. Certainly could have gotten more help defensively, but uh, the seven earned runs tagged on him in three and two-thirds. The Sox wound up using eight pitchers last night. Bruce, certainly not what Ricky Renneria wanted to do. But as for Giolito, uh, he says this is not the time for – for him to panic at all, he says, uh, it's uh, stick to the same in terms of routine. I'm treating it exactly the same. You know, I, I still take the ball every five days. Uh, so there's nothing different as far as the schedule. It's not like they're asking us to have a four-man rotation or anything like that. So uh, to me, it, it's exactly the same. My routine's the same. Day one, day two, day three, day four, pitch day. You know, tonight, unfortunate, you know, really didn't get the job done. But, you know, I was... I was pleased with how the ball was coming out of, out of my hand. It's just got to make it go where I want. You know, pretty much just chalk it up to that and, and back to my routine tomorrow. And, and, Bruce, we should mention, too, that the White Sox did come back in this game. They did tie it in the second. Uh, Minnesota then pulled away in the fourth and then uh, again in the seventh. But uh, Yoan Moncada had a nice day at the top of that lineup, a home run and, and three RBIs. Uh, so there's certainly going to be a lot of fight in this lineup. Certainly going to be an exciting uh, offensive team to watch. Eloy had two hits. Louis Robert had two hits. Uh, so this is certainly a team that they'll hold your interest, if nothing else. You know, they they, they may get uh, in a lot of slugfest, depending on how that pitching goes, but this is certainly a team capable of battling back. We're going to talk to one of those uh, twins, uh, former Cub and White Sox, Alex Avila, uh, the catcher for the twins, uh, when we come back uh, from break. Also talk to uh, Bill Schroeder, who does a great job for many years on Milwaukee Brewers TV, talking about the Brewers. So you'll get a little bit more insight on both the Twins and the Brewers 
for Cubs and Sox fans here as we go through this weekend series against uh, two uh, teams that are going to be in the pennant race all the way with the Cubs and the White Sox. You've got inside the clubhouse. You can reach us via text or phone at 312-644-6767. And we are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. That's Bruce Levine. He is live at Wrigley Field. We will have Cubs and Brewers for you right after this show. Zach Zaidman's pregame at 11.05. I'm Mike Esposito filling in for Matt Spiegel today. We're thrilled to have you along, and uh, we will come back. As Bruce mentioned, Alex Avila, the Twins catcher. He was uh, a Cub. He was a White Sox. Uh, He's now a Twin, and we will talk to him at the bottom of the hour. All of that and more coming up next. Cubs and Sox thoughts as well right here on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And we are back on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Alongside Bruce Levine, I am Mike Esposito filling in for Matt Spiegel today. This is Inside the Clubhouse, and yes, baseball is back. Also, the PGA Tour is back. The Score has your PGA coverage and golf coverage on The Score. Brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Bruce Levine live at Wrigley Field. Cubs and Brewers starting uh, our pregame at 11.05. And Bruce, last night... The Kyle Hendricks complete game shutout, the first opening day shutout by a Cub since 1974, and I'm sure you were at the game and photographically remember all of the action and the pitcher who threw it. Of course, it was Bill Bonham. It was Bill Bonham. That's exactly right. Uh, A great outing by Kyle Hendricks. The Cubs win 3 to nothing. The White Sox lose yesterday 10 to 5. A rough one for Lucas Giolito, but the Sox did battle back. Uh, and coming up in mere moments, we'll talk to Twins catcher, former Cub, former White Sox uh, catcher Alex Avila. He will join us. But, Bruce, uh, let's uh, let's get back into it. Uh, a handful of texts I want to read. And, again, if you want to communicate with the show, please do so at 312-644-6767. Uh, a bunch of texts, as we mentioned, about uh, Garcia in the field. Uh, one texter saying, uh, he, he counted four different plays that cost them a bunch of runs. But but certainly I think it was that first inning, the missed double play, that was that was certainly uh, could have been a momentum shifter and instead wound up going the other way. Yeah, it was. It was, it was unfortunate uh, because, uh, as we mentioned and will continue to mention, you know, one defensive play here or there, one blocked ball, is going to change uh, the way that these uh, games and innings come out. But... Giolito was was way too much like the Giolito of 2018. The only the only difference I see, and stuff-wise, it wasn't better than 2018. But the ace that he was last year, mm-hmm. um, there was a development mentally for Lucas Giolito 
that won't be an impediment going forward. And, and mm -hmm. that's the key, uh, Mike, is that uh, I, I think this is a one and done as far as seeing the, uh, the uh, Giolito of 2018 again. Uh, I think, uh, as he said after the uh, game talking to reporters, he said basically, you know, this one goes into the trash can. Now, yep. uh, in 2018, that there was no trash can for him. He took all these things from start to start with him, and when he got in trouble, the negativity stayed with him mentally. And that, that's the key, and that's the difference in, in athletes and baseball players these days, are the mental skills part of the game and the positivity of being able to stop right there and move forward rather than sticking to the negative and allowing negative thoughts to reoccur when you're on the mound and you're participating again. And, and that is so much a big part of what's going on with uh, sports, with baseball in particular, and players getting better mentally to be able to compete. Right, Bruce. And one of those players who was on the right side of last night's 10-5 uh, decision on the south side joins us now on the Alpamonte Ford hotline. Alpamonte Ford is in Melrose Park. Good friend of ours, Alex Avila, uh, joins us uh, before the Twins-White Sox game today. Alex, it's a pleasure having you on. Thanks for taking some time out with Mike and myself this morning. And I know you and your twin teammates are feeling pretty good about last night. Yeah, last night was uh, was a good win for us uh, on opening day. Uh, obviously, getting off to a good start was uh, was key. And um, you know, first there in the beginning of the game, you thought it was going to be a back and forth game like that. But then I think the pitching on both sides, you know, kind of settled in, except for that one uh, inning late uh, for us. But overall, a good night for us. And Alex, uh, your first year there with the Twins, uh, we of course know you from your time here uh, with uh, the White, both the White Sox and the Cubs, but uh, back in the American League Central, where you're certainly familiar with from your many years in Detroit and then and then here on the South Side, uh, but this is quite a lineup uh, that you join and, and quite a team, a team coming off of a great year, but man, Minnesota and, uh, and your lineup can certainly put together some runs. Yeah, they we have the ability to be able to do that, uh, put up those runs in a hurry. Uh, you know, it's probably one of the better lineups that that uh, that I've been a part of. It's it's a deep team, uh, a lot of depth at, at, at each position, um, and you know, looking forward to to watching these guys, uh, um, you know, be able to do that on a consistent basis, and then hopefully join in. Uh, at times as well, so uh, it should uh, it should be a fun year. But uh, you know they had a great year last year with 100, 101 wins. But uh, obviously going into this year, there'll be a bullseye on our back, and and uh, uh, that's a whole nother uh, uh, level of uh, mentality that you have to take uh, going in as a team as as the team to beat. Alex, you've been on a lot of great teams around a lot of great players and all stars, but uh, leadership is what I want to ask you about. Your antenna from having played on multiple teams over the last five or six years and the ability to see leaders, uh, not just verbal leaders, but true leadership on teams. How, how quick does your antenna go up when you move from uh, Chicago, both Chicago teams to Arizona and then to Minnesota? And, and who stands out for you when you walk into that twin clubhouse and got used to your, your new teammates over there in Minnesota? Well, I think um, 
you know, from, from day one when I got to spring training uh, in Fort Myers, um, it was it was pretty clear to see that Nelson Cruz kind of uh, has grabbed that respect from everybody on that team uh, the previous year and, and what he was able to do not only on the field, but I think more importantly off the field. Um, you know, he was uh, he's so respected in that clubhouse. I've played against him a lot uh, and and have got gotten to know him a little more personally now. And he's a, a tremendous person, um, you know, uh, off the field, what he does for, for the community, for his uh, home country in the Dominican Republic and 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 what he does for his teammates is uh, is something that I noticed right away that, you know, this guy um you know, was the guy that has was able to bring the, that group together last year, and uh, is continuing to do so. Alex, uh, as you mentioned, uh, joining the Twins here, a lot of new faces for you, and and I'm sure you knew a lot of the guys coming in. But how, how has it been with with uh, Rocco Baldelli, uh, the the Minnesota manager, a younger guy, certainly a guy who played recently. In fact, I don't know if your careers have have overlapped here because you're you're a veteran guy. This is, I believe, what your twelfth season. Uh, how is it uh, going from uh, different manager to different manager, and then specifically to, to Baldelli, how has his communication and uh, and uh, execution been in terms of what you've seen in Minnesota? Yeah, well, uh, we, we actually did cross paths uh, early on in my career, uh, towards the end of his career, a couple of times. But um, uh, every manager that I played for obviously has their has their own unique uh, style uh, and and way of communicating to players and. Uh, what what they what they like to do, but um, Rocco's been fantastic. He's uh, you know he's he's a very much of what people call players manager. You know allows guys to um, you know do what they think they need to do, or gives them the opportunity to figure out what they need to do to, in order to be prepared um, without really putting too much uh, pressure on guys, too many uh, um, you know rules or anything like that in place to to. You know, for guys, it, it's it's mainly on you do what you need to do, um, and and allows the players to hold each other accountable. Um, you know, and but each manager that I've had, they have their own style. You know, having played for uh, uh, Jim Leland the first six years of my career, that was always kind of like for me, like you know, the, the benchmark on you know, the, as you know, as far as all the managers that I've have played for, and I mean, I. To be honest with you, I've been very fortunate. I've, I don't. I've played for, um, you know, really, really good managers and great people. You know, throughout my whole career, and, and uh, I've been very fortunate in that aspect. Alex, you look at a start like um, Giolito had uh, last night, and you know, you, you automatically, as a fan or as a media person, think back to his struggles in 2018. You you jump away from the great success he had last year and the dominance that he had from time to time. Um, what about the mental edge departments in on teams now and the ability for guys to um, get rid of these negative thoughts in an easier way because there's actually a, a people and groups of people to talk to uh, beyond your teammates as far as gaining that positive thought back when things go bad. How, how is that different now than maybe even when you started playing baseball? Well, I mean, when I first came up and, you know, probably even before that, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that was talked about too often. Um, it was 
it was a sign of weakness, basically. Um, and, you know, I think as a baseball player from the get-go, though, you're kind of wired to, to, to be able to move on quickly uh, as as difficult as it can be at times and, and at times where, you know, you may not be able to. Um, you still have to figure out a way to do it physically. Um, you know, but uh, in today's game, there are so many more resources, and I think people have have, under, have, have come to understand that that part of the game is vital uh, to a player's success. And, um, you know, nowadays there, there, there isn't that taboo about it anymore as far as, you know, uh, seeking some guidance uh, in that department. So, um, you know, that that's something that, you know, guys that I know have uh, taken advantage of, um, you know, but I think as baseball players, we're kind of wired that way to be able to block stuff out and, and understand that what's important is the process, not so much the result. And as long as you are continuing to work hard and focus on that process, the results will come. Yes, you're going to have your ups and downs, but for the most part, you will be consistent and and uh, and be able to do what you can do as a player, and that's and that's the one of the most important things is understand what your ability is, and um, you know not try to uh, do anything more than that. Alex Avila is our guest, Twins catcher. Uh, pleased to uh, have him on for another few minutes here on Inside the Clubhouse on the Score. And Alex, we've heard all about the the various steps that MLB is taking with uh, the pandemic going on. We hear about the NBA bubble and everything in Orlando, but this has to be, I mean, you guys are here as the road team, a, a road trip uh, different from any other that, that you've taken. And, and maybe you could take some of our listeners through, you know, what is expected of, of, of you and players uh, on your team as you guys are on the road. I mean, obviously it's a lot different than what it normally would be, right? Yeah, it's very different. Um, you know, uh, you know, there's not too many times you get to come into Chicago for a week as uh, as we did with a couple of off days and and not really enjoy uh, the sights and sounds of the city. Um, you know, so they you know they basically want players you know especially on the road to to try to limit their travel as much as possible outside of the hotel. Um, you know, so teams have been taking you know the necessary steps as far as providing meals, um, you know, at the hotel. Um, you know, as much as possible. Um, I wouldn't say we're technically we're technically on a on a lockdown, but um, you know, they just want us to use good judgment. And um, at the field, um, it's it's a very much different situation as well. Everything is is spread out. You know, essentially because there are no fans, there's no um, uh, of any of that going on. You know, you have the entire stadium to utilize. So. Um, you know, it's uh, we have, you have uh, multiple clubhouses because uh, you know everyone's kind of spread apart, uh, so it makes it a little tough to to kind of gel as a team a little uh, sometimes. But you have to you have to find those moments in the day where you're you can able to do that and take advantage. But it is a very different scenario. Uh, but I think guys are adjusting really well to it. Uh, I've kind of I've kind of just been able to get accustomed myself and, and adjust and. And look at it as, as at least the, the normal for the next couple of months, and, and that's uh, that's something I think guys are, are taking to. Alex, in closing with you, um, what uh, what how should fans and how do players you think react to 59 games left and not getting uh, too down if you go you go 0 and 3 at a certain point, knowing that it's it's like a 2.7 you know loss or win ratio during the regular season. How does how does one mentally 
get get with that, knowing that it is a very short season? Well, I mean, obviously that's something you want to try to avoid as a team. Um, but the one thing um, that, as his players understand, is that with this season, obviously with the, the schedule the way it is, there's a lot of division games. So uh, even if you may have a rough series um, uh, or even a rough week, um, you'll you'll still have those, an opportunity to make those games up. And now with the expanded playoffs, um, you know that just uh, you're adding six teams right there. So right right there in, in itself um, gives the majority of teams the, that opportunity to hey we can you can kind of weather a, a bad week of baseball uh, knowing that you still have division games. Uh, quite a few of them over the course of the next couple of months, and you know, obviously, a wider playoff field and, and that opportunity to still get in there. Mike and I really appreciate your time, Alex. Uh, as always, uh, appreciate your your great friendship. Have a great season, and uh, we hope to talk to you again and have a healthy and a prosperous one this year. Okay, take care. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. Uh, that's. Alex Avila, the Twins catcher, a familiar face uh, around these parts from his time with the White Sox uh, and with the Cubs, Bruce. And, man, this is uh, one of the things with baseball, right? It sneaks up on you. Uh, it's Alex Avila has been in the league. This is his 12th season. It doesn't seem like that long, but uh, the seasons just uh, pass on by. Uh, we are late for 644-6767. As you said, Mike, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Bill Schroeder will be joining us. We expect you to join us as well at that number absolutely and i will give you lineups for both cubs and white Sox today when we come back and then as bruce uh bruce mentioned bill schroeder brewers tv top of the hour this is inside the clubhouse on 670 the score and we're back on inside the clubhouse here on chicago sports radio 670 the score bruce levine live at wrigley field i'm mike esposito in for matt spiegel this week And this hour on The Score brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Bruce, before we went to break, I I promised the people some lineups. We have lineups uh, for both sides of town. Attention, please. Get your pencil and scorecards ready, and I will give you today's starting lineups. There you have it. Uh, If you would uh, uh, be so kind, here we are uh, with uh, the Cubs lineup. Uh, it looks a lot like yesterday's with some differences. Chris Bryant up top, uh, followed by Rizzo, Baez, and Schwarber. Wilson Contreras, uh, Jason Hayward, uh, Victor Caratini will be uh, playing today. Jason Kipnis at second, and Ian Happ once again in center. Happ, of yeah, course, with the big run, two Run the homer. positions by us, uh, Mike, as you give that again. Certainly. Uh, let me pull that up here uh, as we do that. Uh, I will pull up the positions as we give you because Caratini... Uh, is playing, uh, as I mentioned, and he's going to see a lot of time this year, Bruce, at first base. He is going to see a lot of time uh, as the DH. But your positions are Brian at third, Rizzo playing first, Javi is at short, uh, Schwarber in left, Contreras is your DH today, Hayward in right, Caratini is catching today, and then you have Kipnis at second, Hap again in center field. So that is your your Cubs lineup with uh, Contreras as today's DH. You got to watch for that and throws uh, old guys like myself uh, off when you're when you're talking about a DH in the National League. But uh, again, in the in the season of change here in Major League Baseball, uh, that is something that uh, that you have, and I know a lot of people like it. 
Uh, I know a lot of people have a problem with it, but uh, for me, it's uh, it's uh, something to follow and something that is uh, an exciting thing in terms of uh, 2020 baseball. So Wilson Contreras Mike, will. Mike, uh, you have the White Sox lineup. I sure do. We've got uh, Tim Anderson uh, playing short, Yoan Moncada at third, Jose Abreu at first. Your DH today, Edwin Encarnacion, uh, Eloy Jimenez in left, Delmonico in right, Louis Robert in center, McCann catching today, uh, Larry Garcia again at second. And at pitching matchups, we should give those. Dallas Keuchel for the White Sox. Uh, Rich Hill was scratched for the Twins, Bruce. So Randy Dobnak is pitching for Minnesota. On the north side today, it's you Darvish for the Cubs, Corbin Burns for the Milwaukee Brewers. So... Uh, some good pitching matchups, some good lineups. That White Sox lineup, I tell you what, Bruce, and we mentioned it off the top. Uh, they fell behind early yesterday, but they also clawed back into that game uh, just the same way. Uh, that is certainly going to be a, a team that is going to be able to score a ton of runs. Yeah, plenty of hitting, uh, good speed as well, uh, something that uh, teams have not concentrated much on over the past six or seven years. But uh, the the White Sox have that uh, versatility to be able to uh, manufacture some runs and to start runners and uh, do a little bit of uh, small ball when they need to do it, but plenty of power in that lineup as well. They're going to have to pitch, and uh, yep. Keiko is a big start today for them. Uh, the key to their season for me is uh, Lopez and Cease. Uh, it's no different in other towns as well as far as the starting pitching goes. It always gets back to that. People say uh, bullpens are dominant right now, but even even with 30-man rosters, uh, you're, you're going to have to get some innings, uh, some stretched-out innings from your uh, starting pitching if you're going to be any good this year. No doubt about it, and that's certainly another one of the variables for this year's season when the, the final rosters are released, and it's like, holy cow, you, you, you take out your, uh, your counter there and start saying, wait a second, 16 pitchers, that's, uh, that's a lot of pitchers, but that's what you get on a 30-man roster and certainly something that uh, big league managers are going to use much to their advantage. Three, when one, we two, come six, back, four, Bill Schroeder of the Milwaukee Brewers TV booth and great color guy there, former player with the Brewers, will be joining us. 312-644-6767 if you'd like to call or text. After we talk to Bill, we'll get back uh, to Cubs and White Sox. Uh, next, though. As Bruce just said, Bill Schroeder from Brewers TV. We're happy to welcome him in, him in to Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 